Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth. Consistently, I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. When we laugh together, it shows that we're kind of standing on the same side. Today on episode 531 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with humor engineer Andrew Tarvin. I'm going to ask Andrew how humor can improve your bottom line and much more. You can find out more about Andrew along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Right now, digital marketing is more important than ever to keep your business going. Your clients need to know you are there to help them deal with their challenges. Our friends at SiteHub have many resources to help your audience stay aware of how you can help them. Contact SiteHub today at yoursitehub.com. That's yoursitehub.com. Now let's welcome Andrew Tarvin. Andrew is the founder and CEO of Humor That Works, teaching professionals how to use humor to achieve better business results. He's partnered with leading organizations, including IBM, the UN, and the FBI, to solve human challenges with humor solutions. A best-selling author, Andrew has been featured in the Wall Street Journal and Fast Company and was named a visionary under 40 by the P&G Alumni Network. His TEDx talk on the skill of humor has been viewed more than six million times, only half of which were his mother. Andrew, welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Andrew, the year 2020 is likely to be remembered as the year of coronavirus. Why is humor important even in the face of extreme hardship? Uh, well, I think humor is a it's it's part of the human experience, I think. And, and humor allows us to even in hardships to recognize that hopefully this, too, shall pass and gives us a new perspective on things. Give us a, a moment. You know, they say that uh, comedy equals tragedy plus time. Well, if we can find humor, even in the midst of tragedy, in a way, it can sometimes accelerate the uh, getting us out of kind of the the challenges and the hardships because it gives us just a little bit of a different perspective so that we can manage the way we're looking and feeling about things. And um, I'm guessing that this could apply equally to hardship in a business situation or severe stress in a business situation. Yeah, absolutely. Like we know that, you know, we know that in general that stress by itself is not a bad thing, right? If you think about like, working out and exercise, what you're doing is you're stressing your muscles so that they grow. And so stress and small components help you to grow as a person, right? I think that's where the, you know, cliche phrases of, you know, that's, that that doesn't kill you only makes you stronger and no pain, no gain. Those things kind of come from that initial mindset. But the reality is stress makes us stronger. The problem is when you have chronic stress, when you have things that don't let up the stress, that's when you see, you know, the physiological effects like, you know, an increase in blood pressure, a decrease in the immune system. You see things mentally like anxiety and depression and all of that. Well, humor helps us to relieve those stress. It can be that thing in in those stressful times, business-wise or life-wise, like I said, gives you a little bit of perspective, but even the physiological benefits of something like laughter helps you to increase blood flow through the body, helps you to increase your immune system, kind of counteract the negative parts of the stress. So regardless of where the stress is coming from, humor can be a great way to not only manage it, change your perspective, but also relieve the stress that it's caused. Which makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Andrew, how did you end up 
becoming an expert on humor? Uh, well, I have the uh, the very kind of side uh, approach into it is my background is in computer science and engineering. And so people hear that and they're often surprised because they're, you know, they don't typically think of engineers as funny. But uh, I uh, started doing improv and stand up in college because my best friend wanted to start an improv comedy group, needed people and forced me to join. And what I discovered by learning about improv and the, the steps and the techniques that come with it, learned that, oh, these skills within humor, they were helping me to get better results at work in uh, as a project manager at Procter & Gamble. And so that's where I, like the engineer in me was like, oh, here's this, this skill. It helps me with the hardest thing I've ever had to work with, which is other humans. So how do I learn that more? How do I make it even more specific and more accurate? And that's when I kind of started this journey of exploring humor in the workplace. And what were some of the first things that you ended up doing in the workplace with humor? <laughs> Yeah, well, one of the first things that I did was as a project manager, you know, we spend 90% of our time in some form of communication. That's that's what PMI says is the primary role is 90% of what you do as a project manager is communicate. So that's meetings and emails. And so where I first started was within meetings. I had uh, I had read somewhere that Alfred Hitchcock is in every single one of his films, you know, as a, as a stranger passing by or a silhouette or something. And so I uh, I had this idea, I was like, what if I'm in every single presentation that I give, you know, as a, a picture of me from childhood or an embarrassing one from high school or, you know, a picture of a recent trip that I had gone on. And I started to incorporate those into my slides and would find ways to connect a story with the subject of the meeting. And I found that people really resonated with the story part of it and it kept them engaged and it made them actually want to come to my meeting. And with emails, I, I love puns and wordplay. So I started adding jokes at the ends of my emails just to kind of say, hey, P.S., thanks for reading all the way through this, this long status update. As a reward, here's a kind of a, a simple joke. And people would respond and react to the jokes. And so I realized it was a simple way of just getting people to stay engaged a little bit more. Yeah. So fast forward to today, how do you most apply humor in the kind of work that you do with businesses? Uh, well, we apply it in a lot of different ways, but in terms of the the framework that we use, the primary framework is is what we call our humor map, uh, which stands for your medium, your audience, and your purpose. And that helps us to better understand how do we use appropriate humor. Because again, as an engineer, it's not hey use humor just for the sake of humor and you know let's all laugh a lot. Um, but more of how do we use this strategic tool to get a specific result? And so we kind of look at and we work with organizations when we're working with clients and things like, OK, what do you want to use humor to achieve? Maybe you want to use humor as a way to make a little like stand out a little bit from the, the crowd on social media. Or maybe you want to use humor uh, with your team so that you relieve some stress because they're going through some challenges. Or maybe you want to use humor as a way to build better connections, right? People are trying to connect over Zoom and virtually now based on some things that have been happening. And so how do you use humor to still connect at a human level? And so depending on that goal, it changes the type of humor that you might use. Mm. So what are some of the ways that you might apply humor given mm -hmm. the circumstances? Sure. So humor is uh, to build rapport, I think, is a, is a fantastic way to do that, to, to strengthen your network, whether that's virtual or, or in person. And so a couple ways to do that are uh, is one is to, to be interested and ask interesting questions. You know, Dale Carnegie said that the, the key to being a good conversationalist is to get the other person talking and then shut up, you know, and basically listen. He said it more eloquently than, uh, than that. 
But uh, if you ask interesting questions, because if you have to say, ask the same boring questions, you get the same kind of standard answers. And so instead of asking questions of like, you know, how was your day? You can ask questions of like, when did you laugh the most today? What made you laugh the most? Or, you know, what, uh, what's the coolest thing that's happened in the last week? And that changes the answer. And you'll notice that that's not necessarily laugh out loud hysterical, right? It's not saying ask a really funny question, but that's, you know, it's important to understand that humor is more broad than comedy. So it's not just about punchlines. It's not about becoming a stand-up comedian, but just adding a little bit more play, a little bit more, you know, fun to the type of work that you're doing already. So answering the, asking those interesting questions, I think, is one simple way to do it. Sharing memes or videos that you like with people. So as you start to get to know someone and, and understand their, their sense of humor, or if you ask them, hey, who's your favorite comedian? And they're like, oh, I, I really love, you know, Eddie Izzard, who's my, one of my favorite comedians. Oh, well, now I can send after our conversation, I can send you a clip from Eddie Izzard to say, oh, I love this clip. You might like him. And now you're laughing from the clip, you enjoy the thing that you're watching and you associate those kind of positive feelings with like, ah, yeah, I really appreciate that, you know, I sent those things along while, while like things were tough because I needed this laugh in this moment. Right. And you said something really important, which is that you're sharing memes where you know that the recipient is going to appreciate those memes. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's the audience piece of the map. That A piece is really important because some people like really like memes or maybe they love just as you send as a response. Other people are like, no, that's ridiculous. I don't even know what any of this stuff is. Or some people you could send a video that is, you know, you might send George Carlin seven words you can't say on TV, a fantastic bit, and very pivotal in terms of stand up comedy. But if you are sending that to someone who hates cursing and aggressive language like that, they're not going to enjoy it. And so a big piece of it is understanding what is the sense of the humor of the person that you're chatting with, or the people that you're chatting with. And some of the, you know, to, to learn that it can be simple. It can kind of be like, Hey, who are some of your favorite comedians or what kind of, you know, TV shows and media do you like to watch? Because someone saying, Oh, I love the office is very different than saying, Oh, I love Rick and Morty. Cause those are two different styles of humor. Yeah. Andrew, what are some of the other basic steps that um, that people might want to know about how to use humor if they've never really thought about it this way? Yeah, well, I think one of the things that you can kind of learn from what I'm, I'm sharing is that to use humor effectively in the workplace or in life, you don't actually have to be the creator of humor, right? You can be the curator of it. You can be someone who's like, okay, I found this interesting thing and, and share it. Or you can just be intentional using it for yourself, right? We've talked a little bit about hardship and managing stress. Can you plan throughout the day when you're going to use humor? So, for example, I'm an introvert, right? I, I speak for a living. I work with a lot of groups. It involves a lot of networking and conversing and still do stand up and improv. And I absolutely love all that. But I am for sure a network, an introvert because I recharge by being on my own. And so I've realized, you know, after this podcast, uh, I'm going to spend, you know, 15 minutes on Reddit and watching a couple of funny videos just as a way to recharge myself before my next meeting. So I'm now very intentional about having these humor breaks kind of throughout my day when I know I'm going to need a boost or a recharge. So people can do the same thing. If they have a meeting that they go into every day, it's a stand-up meeting or every week their one-on-one meeting always brings them a little bit of, of tension for whatever reason plan right after that to have some type of humor moment, whether that is watching or reading something or calling up a friend that you get along with really well, whether it's having some music playing, things like that are simple ways that you can control and improve your own mood using your your own sense of humor, really. So that I think helps. And then another strategy for executing more effectively 
is to find ways to play or gamify your work, right? If you have a, a mundane test that you have to do, like data entry, then can you listen to some fun, upbeat music? Like I love listening to Hamilton when I'm working on certain music because I love that soundtrack and it gets me kind of hyped and, and keeps me motivated. Uh, for emails, I start to read each of the emails in a different accent in my head, just as a way to kind of make it a little bit more fun and, and change. So you can find and take a look at your own work and say, okay, how can I make this one task just a little bit more fun? Again, it's not going to mean that you love it forever and that it's the most fun thing that you're going to do and you're going to replace all you know external pat like hobbies and passions outside of work with that one task, but it's going to make it just a little bit more fun. So Andrew, you've mentioned a few situations where where you've used humor like as a project manager, running meetings while you're working on certain things, particularly if they tend to be tedious. What are some situations when humor can be a real game changer? Well, I think uh, I think one, when first building relationships with people, you know, when we laugh together, it shows that we're kind of standing on the same side that you get me, that we're connected in some way. And so when you're first meeting someone, having a positive sense of humor and connecting, it can be a great way of, of starting to foster and build that relationship because humor can also be great in terms of, uh, you know, managing and diffusing conflict. And but one of the keys to managing and diffusing conflict is to have a stronger relationship before the conflict ever arises. And so humor, you know, helps to do that. So finding ways to, to laugh with people, finding what people, uh, you know, joke about yes anding each other. So the yes and uh, principle from improvisation is a great way to kind of build relationships and get people kind of saying that we're on the, the same side together. So I think that's one kind of core strategy for sure. Mm. Now, looking a little more broadly in a business context, what are some ways that humor can be thought of as leading to a better bottom line? Yeah, well, so it, there's kind of a, a simple, dumb question that we ask sometime. And, and the dumb question is, would you rather do something that is fun or not fun? And the answer for most people is fun, right? And so that stands to reason that if you were to make your meetings a little bit more fun, you know, people would probably be a little bit more willing to want to come to them. If you were to make your emails a little bit more fun, you know, people would probably be a little bit more willing to read them. If you were to make, you know, your culture a little bit more fun, people would be more willing to show up and, and participate. And that's something that studies have found is one study in, that they did in Australia was that 81% of employees said that a fun workplace would more, make them more productive. And in that same study, around 50% of employees said that they would actually take less pay for a more fun work environment. And that doesn't mean like, okay, cut people's like pay and just add joke machines throughout the workplace, but it just kind of speaks to the value of when people enjoy the work that they do, they're more likely to do it. They're gonna stay engaged or, you know, managers or people who rate their manager's sense of humor as above average are less likely to look for a job within the next year. So you think in terms of saving costs for like say, like things like turnover, um, you have increased engagement. So if you look at things like you know, studies that say that uh, disengaged employees cost their organization an average of about $4,638 in lost productivity every single year. And, okay, so if you can use humor as a way to engage those employees again by giving them strategies and tools to gamify the work, make it more enjoyable, then you're starting to see a real impact to the bottom line. So does that mean that we should include in our uh, performance reviews of managers, we should include their humor rating? <laughs> I mean, I think kind of in a way, like at least at least encourage it, because I, I mean, it is true that what gets measured gets done. 
And so if you never speak to it all, whether it's humor, you might call it culture, you might call it, you know, positive positivity, you might call it psychological safety. There's a number of different kind of things that are are kind of all within this positive psychology, uh, you know, circle of important things to do in the workplace, whatever you call it. If you're not tracking it, it is very unlikely that it's getting done. Yeah. So when you work with companies, are there things that you track that maybe other consultants or coaches or guides wouldn't track? Uh, well, I mean, we we typically don't, you know, like on a spreadsheet track it, but there are things that we look for when we do workshops or when we're going through and doing some consulting and interviews is we do look at how often are people laughing with each other? How often are people smiling? What's the rate of like telling stories and things? Now, and we're not saying we're not tracking me like, OK, there's a laugh every, you know, 37 minutes. That's good or bad. Uh, it's not to that level, but we are kind of aware of it culturally. And so I think that that's, that's valuable. And I think, yeah, checking in with people and looking at the numbers of even say surveying of like, yeah, how do people rate their sense of humor? We will sometimes include that in some of the surveys that we've done with some companies just to get a sense of it. And sometimes it's kind of like zero because it's interesting, like, you know, just like no one thinks that they're a bad driver, right, of a car. No one really thinks that they're a bad leader. And no one thinks that they have a bad sense of humor. But then when you like, you know, check with their reports of like, okay, what do you think of the sense of humor of, the, of this, of your boss? They're like, oh, it's either terrible or it's aggressive or it's mean. And that's where having an understanding of the different styles of humor can be valuable. Andrew, what, what's an example of something really remarkable that has happened uh, because of the kind of work that you've done with a company? Uh, well, I think uh, immediately back to, we were working with a CEO and he was, his biggest challenge was he said he had great relationships with his direct reports, like his VPs, his senior level, but anyone below that, he's like, I feel like I don't connect with it all. And part of it was he had a pretty aggressive sense of humor. And, and when your status is that much different as a CEO, the joke that you think is kind of, you know, fun and playful to your friends or even people that are, you know, similar in status to you to the people that are multiple levels below you immediately comes across as, as more aggressive. And, and so we we're chatting with him. And in that, in our conversation, he asked me for some knock, knock jokes. Cause he said his kids love knock, knock jokes. And so I gave him a couple of my favorites uh, that I could share back with his kids. And I, I had this side and I was like, you know what, you should, you should start your town hall meetings. He had a town hall every month. I was like, you should start your town hall meetings with knock, knock jokes. Uh, and he's like, that's stupid. And I was like, I agree, it's different, but, you know, tell them the story of why you care about knock-knock jokes, share a couple of knock-knock jokes, and then start the, the town hall as you normally would. And he did it, and the first time he came back, and I was like, how did it go? And he's like, it was weird. You know, the first joke I, first knock-knock joke I shared, people were kind of confused, there wasn't any really laughter. The the second one, there was kind of polite chuckles, and then the third one was like pretty solid. There's some good laughter and some good smiling from the group. And he said the, the crazy thing, though, is that after the meeting, he had three different people come up to give him knock knock jokes to share with his kids. And he's like, one of them I'd never even talked to, someone that was pretty brand new to the organization. And, and it had nothing to do with the fact that they're knock knock jokes, but it had everything to do with the fact that he was being authentic to his audience. He was showing them that he was a father first and the CEO second. And he made it accessible for people to approach him. So he reduced his status in a way that made him more human for people to converse with. And that's one of the things that humor can do is it can help us to, you know, drop some of these barriers and find greater connection. Right. Which is so important. Andrew, what's what's your dream for your own business? 
Uh, I mean, for our our mission with Humor That Works is to one elevate the status of humor. You know, we we believe that humor is a vital skill for people to learn. You know, I, I wish that every student growing up would take one, a programming class, because I think you learn strategic problem solving and thinking, that's the engineer in me. And then that everyone would take an improv class because it teaches you life skills. It teaches you how to be present and, and pay attention and to uh, really listen and to build off of what other people are saying. And, you know, humor is a, a part of that. So we want to elevate the status of humor, encourage people to, to want to learn how to do it, to use it as a strategic tool. And then we just want to help people learn how to do it. You know, we've done, I've been doing stand-up and improv for over 15 years, and I failed a lot of times throughout that process. And so we want to try to create a way for, you know, really for the people that aren't going to raise their hand and say, oh, I think I can do stand-up comedy. It's more about, because I was kind of pushed into comedy, I never thought that I would do it, but a friend kind of, you know, kind of forced me to in a way. Uh, I like to do that sort of the same thing. For those people that are like, ah, but I just don't think I'm funny. Well, we want to teach you, no, humor is a skill, which means it can be learned. Here are the components of that skill, and, and here's some ways to practice, and now you can leverage this skill for the, the ways that you see best fit. Yeah, and both programming and humor are great skills. Absolutely. Yeah. Andrew, and they're, they're similar. Yeah, yeah similar no, that, that, that's true. That is so true. Andrew, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've talked about today or learn more, access any resources that you may have, where would they go? Yeah, so the best spot is uh, our site. And if you, in fact, if you go to humorthatworks.com slash smashing, we have a kind of a handout and some, some tips there specifically for the Smashing the Plateau audience. One of the things that you'll find there is a link to the seven-day humor challenge, which is completely free. But if you want to, you can put in your email address and then over the next seven uh, days, you get a challenge from us just to help you develop this humor skill. It goes into a deeper dive of what we mean by this skill. It gives you some type of challenge to practice that day. And it includes something just a little bit fun. So if you just need a little strategic disengagement, something fun to make you laugh, we also include that with it. Perfect. Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. Um, Share some really great strategies for people to use. My guest today has been humor engineer Andrew Tarvin. Thank you again, Andrew, for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned how humor can improve your bottom line and much more. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Smashing the Plateau to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.